Previewing the 2023 Jets with Ian Eagle of CBS Sports today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, September 4th, 2023. Happy Labor Day. And I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Joining us today is Ian Eagle of CBS Sports. If you're new to the show, this time each year, Ian stops by to preview the upcoming Jets season. He is the preseason voice of the Jets locally on CBS2. He also calls Jets games throughout the year as a play-by-play guy on the NFL on CBS and then on radio on Westwood One. Let's jump into our discussion of the 2023 Jets with Ian Eagle. He is the National Sportscaster of the Year. This spring, you will hear him call the Final Four. He used to be the voice of the NBA copyright warning, as we've mentioned many times on this podcast, but most relevantly for us, he is the voice of the Jets preseason locally on CBS2, and he'll call Jets games through the year on CBS. Ian Eagle, welcome back to the show. Hey, John. Great to be on with you once again. I feel like this has become a legitimate tradition, so now my, my preseason is officially complete after I hear that intro from you. Well, you know, before we get going, first of all, congratulations on getting the final four this coming spring. You'll be calling March Madness's uh, the semifinals and the championship game. And I just want to throw out there, I, I heard a rumor, you can tell me whether it's true or not, that last year when you were on the podcast, Jim Nance heard you and he thought that guy's so insightful. Wait, he's on CBS. He, he should be he should be calling the final four. Let me step away. I'll do the NFL. <laughs> I'll do golf. Is that is that true, Ian? Yeah. Oh boy, John, you, you have incredible sources. That's exactly how it went down. And no, nobody's had that story. I, I appreciate it. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Obviously it's an event that I've been associated with in some form for 26 years. And uh, the fact that I know the, the beats and the pulse and the vibe of what March Madness is all about makes whatever transition that might be of just adding an extra weekend to your schedule, but on a big stage and with a championship on the line, it makes it that much smoother and, and that much of, of an easier maneuver working with Bill Raftery, Grant Hill, Tracy Wolfson. These are really good friends of mine. So it, it's, it's going to be uh, just a blast. And, and that's how I'm viewing it. There's a lot of and NBA hoops and regular season college basketball before I even get to that place. But I know it's there and I'm, I'm just excited about, about the opportunity. Well, speaking of excitement, uh, lots of expectations for the Jets this year. You know, I, and we've been doing this a long time before the start of Jet seasons. I think this is the first year where we're going in and the expectations that the Jets will be good. I think typically when we do this, we're talking yep. about how much progress can the Jets make, you know, What's a, what's a successful year? And obviously a lot of that has to do with the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Um, what do you get the vibe? What sort of vibe do you get from the Jets? Do they think they're right there with the top teams in the AFC, like Kansas City, Cincinnati? Do they feel like maybe they're a step below, but they're, they've got a real fighting chance? 
Uh, what do you get? What impression do you get around this team about what expectations are this year? I get the sense they're embracing the expectations and they're not tempering it and they're not running away from them. And that's a pretty good sign coming out of training camp, preseason, getting ready for the regular season. There is a real feeling of there's something here. And I know every team will will say coming out of, of those points of, no, we like our group, we like our chemistry. You know, that's, that's obligatory. There, there's no head coach, GM that's ever going to say, yeah, we just, we just don't like these guys. Uh, but we got 17 games, so let's see what happens. That's never going to happen. And I do think there's a tendency with hard knocks to fall in love with a team because we're getting incredible access. And that's every year, <laughs> every single year when the team is featured on hard knocks, including Detroit last year you usually have a soft spot for that team, even if you have no rooting interest, but you now feel like you know some of the personalities and you have a better sense of, of what the, the culture is. The difference that, that I feel in the meetings that we have and going to training camp and starting to speculate on, on the upcoming season is that they actually believe it. They're not hollow words. They're not things you would say out of the NFL 101 handbook that these guys know, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, that they have a quarterback in place that can lead, can make throws that uh, they just haven't seen in, in quite some time at that position with this franchise and is highly motivated to do well. And I think that's what gives them the jolt of confidence that the team can compete. Look, we're going to find out right away. You're going against a, a tried and true franchise in the Buffalo Bills that uh, understand how to win and have had a formula and have found some of that secret sauce. And Josh Allen obviously has played a big role in that. But uh, I would tell you not to judge everything off of game one. I would tell you that no matter what, even without the circumstances surrounding the Jets. But there is this, this very strong sense of conviction that they have the right mix of players to be a legitimate contender. And I think you mentioning that they're embracing these expectations is an important thing. And you call a lot of sports, so you see this a lot, so you can speak to whether or not this is true or not. But I do think heading into the season – there's a difference when you're entering with expectations. Last year, the Jets got off to a great start, but I get the feeling they kind of snuck up on some teams. They weren't really mm -hmm. expected to being that to be that good. This year, there's no hiding. As you mentioned, they were on hard knocks. They made one of the biggest trades in the NFL in years. They've got one of the biggest stars in the league. And it's di it's just different when you have expectations. They're not going to sneak up on anybody. And I think embracing those things you know, can is something that they need to do. And I think it's something that is, is important for this team. Yeah, John, you and I have talked about this in the past, and obviously having grown up in New York, I grew up in Queens, I grew up 10 minutes from Shea Stadium, so I was very much exposed to what the New York Jets were all about, and in the transition to New Jersey, everything that comes with that when you change states and change stadiums and try to maintain your fan base, Long Island was still a hotbed for Jets football, 
Uh, they maintain their their training camp there. They maintain their offices there, and then finally made the move to New Jersey full time. I think relevance is something that the team, the organization, is always striving for in a crowded sports market. And this year, there's more buzz than ever before because of Aaron Rodgers, because of the young talent. For them to shy away from what everyone is talking about, to me, would be a very bad sign. Um, I think there are times in life where you just have to lean into things. And Robert Sala himself, who's a confident dude, you know, Robert, sit down and talk to, to Robert. He, he is uh, someone that believes that the way he did it was the right way in how he came through the ranks and how he learned and who he learned under and his ability to connect with people and the human side, the football side, blending all of that. So if he were to set the tone, which is, hey, guys, easy, easy, we're a young team, and uh, with young teams come mistakes, and uh, this is a stepping stone year, that, that would not have been the right message. And I think deep down he knows it. There are times in life where, where you just have to face what – uh, everybody else is seeing as the reality of your situation. And the expectations are there because the Jets put them on themselves. When you make a move for Aaron Rodgers, who's 39 years old, uh, this is not a, a five-year plan. They're expecting to win now. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Football season kicks off this Thursday. Can you believe it? And there's no better way to get in on the action than with underdog fantasy and their pick'em game. Just pick between two and five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually spend kickoff night doing, watching the game. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. It's legal in over 30 states, and it's a lot of fun. So if you want to build your dream team today, head on over to their easy-to-use mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code Locked On. Not only will Underdog double your first deposit up to $100, but they also have a Pick'em special live in their Pick'em lobby right now. Patrick Mahomes just has to get one yard for your pick to be correct. So I think the odds of that are pretty good. All season long, you'll get to watch Ian Eagle call touchdowns for your fantasy player. Well, don't miss out on Underdog Fantasy. Remember, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON and use the link in the description or scan the QR code if you're watching us on YouTube. I don't want to play armchair psychologist too much, but just from a distance, it seems like Rodgers is much happier in New York than he's been in years. And I know the end of the last couple of years in Green Bay, things did not go so well, at least yeah. as far as his relationship with the team goes. And for me, it's almost like sometimes when you're in a bad relationship, you're not yourself. And if you look at the last couple of years in Green Bay, Rodgers, I guess he just wasn't himself. And now he's in New York. He just seems a lot happier. And it seems like that's kind of rubbing off on the team. Yeah, it's interesting, John, having done this job at CBS for all these years, started in 1998. Part of the process when you cover a game as the national broadcaster is you go into the city and you meet with the home team and, you know, different broadcast groups do it differently. We tend to do head coach, 
three players, quarterback, star offensive player, star defensive player. And then once you have that team a number of times, you vary up the, the offensive player, the defensive player. But the quarterback is always part of the meetings. That's, that's a guarantee. There's no, there's no production meeting that's ever happened in the NFL where the quarterback is not a part of it unless there's some reason or excuse. I think I remember one time Phillip Rivers, we had had the Chargers the week before, and then uh, they were on the road the next week, and, and he asked through the PR department if he uh, could miss this one because he had some family in town. And, and we said, yeah, yeah, of course, no problem, no problem. That's about it. <laughs> that, that's perfunctory at this level. So you get a sense of guys, certainly when you meet with them three times, four times, in my case, with certain players like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and guys like that, I've, I've met much more than that based on the amount of games I've done and, and the amount of assignments I've had with them. Aaron Rodgers, I would say I had three times in my career, maybe four prior to this season as a member of the Packers. You just don't get a whole lot of NFC games or crossover, but I had been in meetings with him and I found him to be extremely smart, uh, inquisitive, but didn't suffer fools. If you asked a bad question, he didn't poo-poo it. <laughs> he, he, would, he would either question you back or uh, maybe shut down a little bit, but always had positive conversations with him. The guy that I met with in Carolina prior to the Jets Panthers game. And by the way, he didn't have to do the meeting. He was not playing. So he agreed to do the meeting. That was as good a production meeting as I've had in all my years of doing this. And that includes the likes of Manning, who was unbelievable, and Brady, who was unbelievable. And when Ben Roethlisberger was in the mood, he could be excellent. A lot of guys have been really good. Aaron was as good as any of them. Brett Favre in those meetings was actually very good and, and would sit there for 30 minutes if you wanted. He just liked to talk ball. He just seems so content with where he is and how this all played out and the team that he's got around him and the place that he's doing it and the people that he's doing it with, coaches, teammates, staff members. Look, they haven't played a game yet where they keep real score and the results count. That changes a lot of things, but I don't know if this could have gone any better from flying out to meet with him, convincing him that this should be the team that he wants to be on to him, moving to New Jersey, finding a house, getting into a routine, a training camp, bonding with his teammates and being mentally and physically prepared to start the regular season. I don't think that process could have gone any better than it has. And that speaks volumes to how badly both sides wanted to make this work. Now let's turn our attention to the running back position. Brees Hall was having a phenomenal rookie season last year, got injured in the game against Denver. I think you called that game. And I did. Uh, the you know the offense really kind of stalled from that point. I thought that was maybe the key moment of the season for the Jets. 
Um, you know, recovering from an injury, spent a lot of time on the physically unable to perform list in training camp. He was activated uh, from it. The Jets bring in Dalvin Cook, but I'm interested, how much are the Jets expecting from Brees Hall? Are they planning to ease him back into the lineup? And at what point do they think he'll be 100%? Had a chance to meet with Brees prior to the Jets' Buccaneers preseason game. Spirits were very good. Uh, did say how difficult the rehab process was. Uh, this was not simple. <laughs> this was this was the biggest challenge of his life in coming back and feeling like himself again, which I still think at this point, even he would acknowledge. He doesn't know until you're out there, until you get hit, until you're trying to hit top end speed in a game. You just don't know. You don't know how your body is going to respond. You know, what, what really impressed me last year with him was his vision his speed, his footwork, his patience, that combination of size and strength. He just, he ran with a maturity. And I think the the interesting part for me at, at that position at running back, obviously we could, we could do a one hour discussion about where we are right now at the running back position in the NFL, but you can, develop guys at running back it it does potentially take a year or two or three to find the right role to find uh, a guy that fits your system I don't even think the Jets realized how good this kid was they took him in the second round and certainly believed in him but I think he even shocked them at, at his skill level so he's still a really big part of their plan. Uh, I just think the reason why Dalvin Cook is here is the window of opportunity. They're just not going to take any chances like they did last year. You nailed it. When Brees Hall went down in the Denver game, they were never the same. They just weren't. And it's not a criticism of Michael Carter. It's just the reality. Uh, Brees Hall brought a different kind of presence to that position. And now with Alvin Cook, obviously you've got a guy that's been highly productive and a perennial pro bowler, perennial 1,000 yard rusher. He's done it. He's not old by any stretch. He's, he's 28. The questions with Dalvin are, are pretty simple. Um, how much is left? Is it the same juice as we saw previously in Minnesota? And if it isn't, how do they use them? Uh, is it is it a back by committee? Is it a hot hand? You know, that's a good problem to have. But, but Robert Sala has acknowledged that it's it's something that they're going to have to to really be mindful of, and and it's going to fall on Nathaniel Hackett to to figure it all out. All right, turning our attention to wide receiver, I have a two part question for you. Uh, number one. What were the Jets expecting to get from Corey Davis from this year? This year, and two, how do you think they'll go about replacing now that he won't be around? Yeah, it's really interesting. When we sat down for our first production meeting prior to the Carolina game, so me, Anthony Becht, our producer Ken Mack, we went through position by position of talking points, 
competition, you know, things that will come up over the course of a broadcast. And you don't force them in. You don't shoehorn them in. It's, in my mind, at least my philosophy has always been, if it comes up naturally in the flow of conversation and you feel like you, you've done some work on it and, and you're prepared. Anthony said something during that meeting that struck me, that Corey Davis is kind of the forgotten guy in the wide receiver mix. And then we discussed it again off the air prior to the Tampa Bay game. And then during that broadcast, I'm going through the wide receivers, and I don't know if this was subconscious, but I forgot Corey on the first pass of the guys that they were going to be really leaning on in that room. And I included him. I, I didn't omit him. I just didn't put him in that first stretch of of players that I mentioned. So I don't know if there was something that the Jets were feeling that that Corey had some stuff going on, or if, again, this was just based on what people were seeing in camp, that obviously Lazard signed to a fresh new deal, and Garrett Wilson is the reigning offensive rookie of the year and a gifted, gifted wide receiver. The additions of McCole Hardman, speed guy, the addition of Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, very close with him. And then the rookies that were getting a lot of attention, Brownlee and Xavier Gibson. Yeah, Corey just didn't seem like he was a part of it for whatever reason. Then we get the news that that he uh, will not be playing. And it was almost an aha moment of, okay, yeah, there, there was there was something something happening here. Corey had a really nice career. I don't know if it's over, but had a nice career, you know, made a ton of money at the number five pick in, in the 2017 draft. I don't know if the Jets feel as if this is an immense loss. He's certainly credible and reliable. I don't know if they're just pumping up the rookies because that's what you have to do at this point because one of them may have to play and may have to participate. You know, you're, you're missing some size to me. That's, that's the part that, that probably is the biggest hit. But Brownlee brings a similar type of physical stature. Gibson is a different kind of receiver. He's, he's a block guy, speed guy, special teams guy. Brownlee who, Played at Southern Miss and 55 catches, 891 yards, eight touchdowns in his last year there. Has a ridiculous wingspan. He's wiry. I don't know if they believe yet that they can count on him, but he is the one that at least has the closest physical profile to a Corey Davis. I also think the tight ends are going to play a huge role in this team. I think Conklin uh, is is ready for a big season. I don't know Uzama in, in terms of the numbers this year, but I know Uzama will be on the field and they know how important he is as, as a two-way tight end, outstanding blocker who can be a sneaky good receiver as we saw at times with Cincinnati. So they have some other ways, some other methods, but I, I 
can't say that I was completely shocked. I, I just kind of sensed something was going on with with Corey and his role on this team. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, each week we're going to provide you with players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you need an undervalued running back to give your fantasy football team a smoother ride in 2023, then you better be ready to draft Bears speedster Khalil Herbert. He's clearly their most explosive back to play off Justin Fields as a runner and a receiver in the remix committee, also including Devontae Foreman and rookie Rashawn Johnson. Look for Herbert to get the most high-leverage touches, working most with Johnson in a favorable run-heavy offense. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows how to build a championship team. It's about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it. eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, moving to the offensive line, Makai Becton's been named the starting right tackle. Do you get the feeling that they were always leaning in that direction, or did, do you think Becton had to go out and earn it and it was an open competition for that job? I thought they were always leaning in that direction, and they just didn't tell him that. <laughs> that they felt that, hey, if he shows us what we think he can show us, that's where we see him. Now, there was some real stuff behind the scenes. Becton was not happy about where they may have visualized him, and he got the feeling that it was not going to be left tackle. Dwayne Brown was signed. Dwayne Brown was paid. Dwayne Brown is going to be the left tackle. So you start looking around if you're Makai Becton and you have to make a decision. You haven't played basically in two years. You played one game. And the team is is starting to nudge you over in that direction, basically indicating you're not going to win the left tackle job unless there's an injury. And you got to get used to the idea of, for now, this is what suits you best for this team. But there were concerns, fragility, not even the physical part, the mental part for Beckton, getting back there, losing weight, uh, becoming a dependable member of the team, and continuing his NFL career. Now, look, you sign that first deal, if you're Makai Beckton, as the 11th pick in the 2020 draft, and you make excellent money, you get the second deal? as a big-time tackle in the NFL, and now you're talking about generational wealth. So whether it was the Jets that got through to him 
whether it was his agent that got through to him, whether it was just him uh, realizing, hey, what am I doing here? I'm making I'm making more problems for myself by by making these statements that I refuse to play on the right side. The part of it that we just didn't know was how he was going to respond. You know, he is a mammoth human being. He is a road grader as a run blocker. He really is. He can just move people wherever he wants to. I think they just had to get him comfortable on that side and also comfortable with the idea that the knee isn't going to feel 100% all the time. And that's some of what Robert Sala talked about in our production meetings of, hey, Makai, we're going to go at it at, at the speed that you need, but we're also going to push you because you have to get used to the new normal. And the new normal might be there is some discomfort based on what you've been through the last two years. Now, the Jets drafted Joe Tittman in the second round, the center out of Wisconsin. He's not going to be in the starting lineup this year because the Jets are bringing back a very solid starter in Connor McGovern. But I'm interested yep. in your perspective and how where the Jets think Tittman is. Do, do they think he had a good training camp in preseason? Yeah, my understanding is they're really happy with him. They obviously trained him at guard as well as a just-in-case, which is smart. It's just the right thing to do. He's big. He's 6'6". He's 317. Uh, started two years at Wisconsin. Uh, they just love the upside of, of what he brings. McGovern is 30 years old, uh, well-liked, well-respected in the locker room. But Tipman is the future. Uh, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. There's insurance there because if he had to play left guard, right guard, center, uh, they feel pretty confident that that he's not going to embarrass himself at any of those positions. Vera Tucker is is the guy. <laughs> they just don't worry about him at all. That's how good he is, and the fact that they even contemplated the possibility of him moving to tackle if they needed it that was based on seeing how Makai did, seeing how Dwayne Brown came along. The only thing I would tell you about this situation that gives Jets fans some pause is it feels fluid. It doesn't feel rock solid like other Super Bowl contenders might feel about their offensive line. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers at this stage of his career, protecting him paramount importance for uh, myriad reasons. But the most important one being, if you're going to be a Super Bowl team, Aaron Rodgers has to be upright. And there has to be a trust that develops between this group and him. So you've got some, some other guys that, that might end up being a part of this thing in some form with Max Mitchell and Billy Turner. Uh, but I think in a perfect world, they feel like they've got their five and these five would be there throughout the season. That's all for today's episode. The good news is Ian will be back tomorrow. We'll continue talking about the 2023 Jets. But for today, this, is, this has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. 
if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and like what you hear, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Have a great Monday, everybody. Enjoy what's left of your long weekend. We'll be back tomorrow with Ian to continue talking about the Jets.